mornings a week, we meet before breakfast for an early morning run. We spend most of our time planning and reflecting on what's happening in our classrooms. This has become our favorite professional development. So we figured, why not share these moments with you? Welcome to Math Before Breakfast. This is episode 10, and we are super excited about this episode because we have a guest with us. Actually, we have two guests, or but I'm not really <laughs> sure we can call Jay a guest. But anyway, we have Van Hoffman, who is a um, teaching partner in my unit at school. And then Jay also decided he was going to be on mic tonight, which I'm excited about. So, um, And Jay's our producer, also my husband, <laughs> um, in case you didn't know Full that. Full disclosure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, and Ruth's here. And it's not before breakfast. Yeah. It's kind of like math after dinner because yes. you can't invite a guest and then say, be here at 5 a.m. <laughs> yeah. So well, you, you, could, you won't get as many guests that way. <laughs> that's right. So we are excited that this is the 10th episode and we want to do something special. So that's why we invited you. Thanks Yay. for being here. Of course. And why, we wanted to start by asking you to tell people what your teaching experience is. Tell us about that. Um, right. So I thought I would tell myself never to start with um, and I just did. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. No worries. We, uh, I began teaching in 01, 2001, and I taught fourth grade for five years in a, a second language school, a Title I school in Fairfax County. And then I looped and did fifth grade for the next two years. Mm -hmm. Then I took a job in the same building as sort of an ITRT tech person, but it was a uh, resource position just like art or whatever okay so i was part-time in a computer lab and part-time i'd run around the building and push in wherever i could mm -hmm. and then i took a job similar to that but more of official capacity itrt type thing for two years and then we moved to lynchburg mm -hmm. and that job wasn't really available and when i first met jay was interviewing for a job and <laughs> it just drove down, went high for 30 minutes, and drove back yeah. home for three hours. <laughs> um, so that's when I met you, and mm -hmm. I started at Payne, taught third grade in the base school there. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, that four-go position opened up, so I taught fourth grade, gifted, language arts for the next two years. Yep. And then jump-shipped again <laughs> and became an official ITRT again uh, with Lynchburg City which lasted for two years mm -hmm. and was not finding I was gaining the traction I wanted on that. And a, f a go position, gifted opportunity position opened up again. And when Patsy Sellers retired, so I took that. So that's where I'm at teaching fifth grade math and science. I've mm -hmm. kind of come full circle on the whole thing. And you're having to teach it's new to you in some way because you are having to teach the sixth grade math. Yes, the sixth grade comp component of that, the pre-algebra part of that is, well, it's kind of makes me sweat bullets because it reminds me of when I was taking algebra in high school. It's <laughs> like, oh my gosh, that was not a fun time. Yeah. <laughs> See, so that leads us to our next question <clears throat> mm -hmm. because Tracy and I have talked about how your experience as a math student right. sets you for what kind of a teacher you are. And you just kind of got that, ooh, algebra as you said that. So can you tell us a little bit about what your experience as a math student would be like do you remember some highs and some lows i remember algebra being very hard i remember i had as a freshman and sophomore i guess i wasn't a great math student because i didn't get into algebra until freshman year 
<clears throat> and I don't really remember any, any middle school or elementary school math at all. I remember earth science in middle school, but hmm. so I had algebra for those two years, and I remember Miss Barnes. I remember her very well <laughs> um, because she was endlessly patient. I remember wanting to nominate her for teacher of the year, huh, cool. like after my sophomore year for thinking. I mean, she just somehow got me through enough algebra to finally figure a few things out. Um, I do remember somehow figuring out the quadratic formula and thinking mm -hmm. that was like I achieved something momentous <laughs> when that had happened and I got it. I understood it. And then my junior went into geotrig mm -hmm. and I loved it. It made so much sense mm. to me. It was so much easier uh, for whatever reason. I guess it's, I don't know if it's visual. I didn't know if I, maybe it's drawing, graphing, whatever that was. Even understanding like sine and cosine and tangent, all that stuff made sense to me. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's because algebra, the first two years somehow set a base for that. I don't know. And then math analysis was the pre-calc. Um, it was rough. It was not as <laughs> fun as geotrig. So that's as I, far as I got math analysis and that was done. Yeah. I had I literally looked for college degrees that required very little math. Aww. That's what I said. <laughs> yeah. But you didn't start out to be a teacher, right? No, I you? wanted to go into uh, journalism. Mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to be a photojournalist, actually. Okay. Um, and ended up sort of in videography and mm -hmm. a TV broadcast degree, that kind of thing. Um, after that TV stint, which was like a $6 an hour job in mm -hmm. a 51 market or something like that, I, the writing was pretty much on the wall after a few years. Um, I thought it would be fun to be a TV engineer. My dad had been an engineer or was an engineer, and I thought, I'm kind of maybe following his footsteps a little bit. Mm -hmm. And when I got into this electronics program, the math in there was really intense. Hmm. But I think, A, I was a little bit older, but B, I think it was a real application of math. And I can pull out those journals now, and it's like an out-of-body experience. I don't even know who did all that math. Huh, wow. It was really interesting. Cool. And I loved it. It was so It was just different. Mm -hmm. And know. then how'd you go from there to teaching, though? Uh, roundabout way, I got, you know, me the job changer mm -hmm. year after year or every four years or five years. Um, I was coaching. I was coaching swimming and water polo at GW mm -hmm. and thinking there's just no way I can make a living at doing this because it's just, you know, it's water polo. If it was like college football, maybe. <laughs> water polo, uh, I love it. <laughs> so that wasn't going to go... Uh, so I had an opportunity to get a little bit of a discount on the degree um, by virtue of being an employee. So it was like law school or something else. And mm -hmm. I really thought I wanted to be a lawyer. My mom says, well, why do you want to be a lawyer? It's like, well, I want to teach. I want to teach the law. Uh -huh. She's like, why don't you become a teacher? Cool. So, yeah. Well, there's an idea. Yeah. <laughs> and having taught swimming for years, I knew my favorite age group already. Yeah. So that was easy. I was like, oh, I'll be an elementary school teacher. Cool. So let's do that. That's good. Uh, Go mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they, they I've been know around a <laughs> I know. Mom's pretty smart sometimes. Yeah. Um, so to get into talking about math, I think we, a little bit more, I thought we would um, share our favorite, like our one math moment for today, even if it wasn't a great one. Okay. So something that happened. And, and I'll just be honest, I have a really good one. So I'm dying to tell mine too. <laughs> Why don't you go first, Tracy? No. Okay, great. Yeah. I'll go first. <laughs> so that gives you time to think. Okay. Yeah. There um, you go. So I did, we, we've been having snow, 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 all these early mm. or late going to school late or whatever. So last week I really did only math. 
So I told myself, okay, you need to catch up on science. So I thought we would have a day or two of only science. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, or fortunately for me, I have that fleet freedom, I think, to do that do. where I am. Um, we're pretty lucky to do that. So I set out to teach a lesson on magnetism and we just walked into this most beautiful math lesson. It was fantastic. Um, I wanted them to test, to do, to design an investigation to figure out which part of the magnet was the strongest, the North Pole or the South Pole or the middle. And for those of you who haven't done fourth grade science in a long time, it's the poles and they're equally mm -hmm. strong. Um, right? Science dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. Look at it, Jay. Jay's He's making me nervous. <laughs> um so I, we, they came up, I walked them through it, but they came up with the fact that we would put a pile of paper clips on the table and um, put the north pole of the magnet down and count how many paper clips it would pick up and do some repeated trials and then do the south pole and then do the center of the magnet. And we'd done something like this a while back with electromagnets. So they kind mm -hmm. of, it, they kind of had a picture in their mind of what was going on. But I said to them, you know what? Last time we did this, you didn't all have the same number of paper clips. We need to keep that constant. And so what are we going to do about that? And this just was so perfect because then I gave everybody a, ba a little baggie of paper clips and they counted them and I wrote the numbers on the board, you know, and it was like 40, 44, 25, 15, 17, 30, those kinds of numbers. And how are we going to figure out how much everybody should get? And like immediately in both classes, one kid was like, the mean, the mean, <laughs> which we haven't studied mean in math. We've only done it in science. And I was oh, just yeah. and just like, and you know, kind of not really thoroughly explaining what that means, you know, but just when we do repeated trials and we come up with this middle number, that's how I've been explaining it, you know, add them up on divide by how right. many pieces of data you have. But I was so thrilled that they could transfer mm -hmm. that little bit of using it into the mean. And then I got to say, cause the language in the fifth grade standard says that the mean is a fair share. Yeah. And that's, we were really doing a real life fair a share by that. passing the paper clips out, you know? And one little friend who like never participates and I've been talking to her mom over and over and over like we've got to get her you know sharing more how can we get her to participate she like three times in the middle of that conversation <laughs> rose raise her hand to participate and I had her guess like how much what do you think it's going to be you know make a guess and she said 25 to 35 just by looking at 10 numbers on the board right. and daggone if it wasn't 30.5 30 and 5 tenths so she had come up with the range from 25 to 35 yeah. and it was smack in the middle of that that was awesome but then okay this is the best part y'all so it added up the sum was 305 paper clips i didn't do this on purpose uh, but we had 10 groups will told me about this uh, oh you're really oh that's <laughs> awesome well so van son wills in my class oh i'm so thrilled so we had 10 groups. So we divided by 10 and they were like, look at that. It's the same number. It just has a decimal right there. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> this is amazing. So I popped up the, um, I didn't mean for this to happen. I popped up the place value chart and I was like, remember what happens when we multiply by 10, we scoot every, we shift the place values, you know, and then guess what? When we divide by 10, they go the <laughs> other way. We shift them the other way. So we did like, I put 305 on the hundreds tens, ones, and then I shifted mm. the whole number over on the smart board to see that it became 30 and five tenths. 
So, okay. So I know this is taking a really long time. I got one more part, which is that then we had to talk about, so the, they came up with 30 and five tenths as the mean or the amount. And then we had to talk about, does that mean 30 or does that mean 31? And usually if you have 30 and five tenths, it would round up to 31, but we don't have that many paper clips. And we, we had to talk through. Tricky. I know. We had to talk <laughs> through why. Reality. Yeah. You can't round a paper. Well, I guess you could round a paper clip. But. Yeah. So we went around and around lots of different ideas and. I was leaning towards have some extra left over. And then Finn was like, you could just find some more paper clips and give us a few more. I'm like, okay, buddy, there you go. Let's do that. So I, I had to get five more and we all ended up with 31 paper clips. There you go. And that was like the coolest math lesson, smack in the middle of our science lesson. I can't not teach math. Those um, impromptu things are always the best yeah. whenever they show up. Yeah. So and then I try, then you have to like, that happens in your first class. You have to try to recreate it in a second <laughs> class and it's never as organic, you know, you're forcing that a little bit, but okay. Yeah. Maybe that's what, like, I'm sitting here thinking, what's my math moment? Mm. And in my class, they were like, I can't remember what average means. Oh. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Like, your exam is Thursday. So, so maybe I just need some opportunities for more authenticity instead of just let's solve this problem because it's for sure on your exam. Yeah. How would you solve this problem? That's so hard, that review stage, but it's sometimes necessary. Oh, it's definitely necessary. Yeah. So now I'm thinking about fair know, sharing tomorrow. Fair sharing. <laughs> yeah. Right. All right. So how about you? Van? You could take paper clips. Right. Yeah. <laughs> paper clips or just, or just throw that problem up there. Like, look, my friend did this in her class, like in their science class, make it a real life example. I don't know if that feels as cool, but <clears throat> we were working through an exemplar, which had this. Um, okay, so you're gonna have to stop and kind of try to explain yeah, what that so is. I'm putting you on the spot. The exemplar is this program that gives you sort of problem solving activities to work through. Mm -hmm. This one in particular had a guy who was a botanist. It was called Bamboo and the Botanist, and okay. he bought these bamboo plants that would grow like 1.2 inches up to 3.9 inches every 24 hours. He had bought two of these. And it had all the data, like, and basically for them, it was to see all that raw data. What would you do with it? How would you represent the data? And what observations can you make of it? So all of that was really pretty hard for them. Mm -hmm. um, some of it wasn't so hard. Like they could see data and put it in a table, for instance. Mm -hmm. And I gave them language to think about and problem solving strategies to work with. And they kept, really specifically said, use the language greater than, less than, or equal to when you make these comparisons of this data. And so they would put it in a table, then they would write these 5.4 is greater than 3.2. Like, that's fine, but, you know, that doesn't address any of the, the, he's a botanist, he's a scientist. So it was a struggle to get them to contextualize what mm -hmm. all this was about because the data was there and they could they could do different things with the data but i had two students that uh, one of them did a double bar graph Ooh. which looked great and i was like and that was the question it was like can i do i have to do two bar graphs or can i make a double bar graph mm -hmm. i said well won't your double bar graph show you the same thing in one graph than it would in two mm -hmm. yes well then make that <clears throat> and I think maybe somebody heard that. Okay. So then person two came up and said, I could make a line graph, I think. Can I make a line graph? Mm. I'd say, if you would like to make a line graph, 
please, by all means, make a line graph. Mm -hmm. And we have this rule that we want to make things professional. Mm -hmm. So we have to use rulers and straight edges and you have to use sharp pencils. And so many of them just want to color code and Uh, put colors and this, that, and the other. And so some of them, as it started to roll, were not professional. Mm -hmm. But um, that one line graph Mm -hmm. was spot on. And it was... it, it. almost look like a seismograph the way hmm. you know the data was represented in the different colors and he had he had plotted points it was just it was so good it was so fun to take because this is a child who is a little awkward maybe mm-hmm. and so people don't i think they know he's real smart but they don't like to interact with him and it was fun to take his graph and say look everybody Cool. This is a line graph. Yeah, yeah. Good. <laughs> so, it, it, I don't know if it's a math moment, but it was a fun moment. It was yeah. a good moment. That's probably a moment that he'll remember. I should think so. Right? Yeah. I remember when I was in fifth grade and my teacher picked my line graph. Yeah. Those kind of things that you <laughs> yeah, don't even know they're going to remember. Yeah. Those are the things they remember. That's probably why I remember Ms. Barnes. I might have done something right once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So you kind of mentioned that this was your first time in fifth grade math or sixth grade math. Mm -hmm. And so if there was something that you've learned better in math, like I really understand this better than I ever have because I've had to teach it. Is there a topic or a skill that you could point to? Like I knew the algorithm for this, but now I Mm -hmm. really understand it because I've taught it. Well, that has happened to me in prior, like teaching uh, partial product really helped me understand teaching multiplication. Mm. And that was some years ago. We used Chicago math, I think. And that's what, that was introduced to me through that. Like the lattice method that your daughter does. Mm-hmm. I, I tell her all the time, I don't love the lattice method. Yeah, and they're like, either. oh, we do. Yeah, I don't like it <laughs> All right, well, you can, yeah. it's hard for me to deconstruct it. But I think this year that um, order of operations has really been good Ooh. for me because it showed up again in a bunch of different things over the last few weeks. Okay. And I would say to them, do you remember Gemma? Because we have this debate whether it's Gemma or Gemma. Yeah. Do you remember Gemma? And they're like, Gemma? Yes. Do you remember that? <laughs> so that has um, helped immeasurably because the PEMDAS thing is sort of long and awkward and mm-hmm. I didn't ever teach it. So they came to me from... Heidi with that. Mm-hmm. And so this is a new guy. It's the same, but it's new. Yeah. It's like repackaged right. in a way. Um, so for me, going back to that and we, when we taught that lesson to have that come through and just say, do you remember that? And they would think about that. They even grouped some things that were fractions within a plus and a, and a multiplication dot. I said, well, you can put parentheses around that. Yeah. And then what is it? Well, that's a group. Yes, that's right. Cool. So uh, several, you made me think of several things. Um, What is that we've talked about, like that whole lesson study, we did a whole podcast on that and talked about that. Um, And that whole moving from PEMDAS, and in my class we're using gems because we're putting an S on the end just because it makes the word gems. Um, But I I had an interesting experience this week where there was an clearly an order of operations problem. I mean, I feel like we present them in this, look at this expression. There's no equal sign. You know, it's lo- long, lots of all these numbers going across. And um, it was on a, like a standard, like a computer test I was giving kind of to see right. that end of the semester, just to see where they were. And this boy was like, well, he missed it. And he said, you didn't tell me it was supposed to be order of operations. It doesn't say that. <laughs> and I'm like, I failed here. Cause, cause he, the, he, 
left that my whole, you know, probably week's worth of yeah. lesson that I taught after we did it with you, which yeah. was really valuable to me. He left that thinking, you only use the order of operations when your teacher says use gems or use order of operations. Right. You know? So I've had that conversation and I seem to, it seems to work for me when I don't tell them that it's called order of operations. Hmm. Because if they can come up with the name, I mean, you're mm-hmm. going to have to use your questions and your funneling. But anytime you have more than one operation, you have operations. Mm-hmm. And when you have right. more than one, there has to be a special order. Mm-hmm. So what do we call this and when do you think we'd use it? Because for me as a sixth grade teacher, a lot of times when they have lots of expressions, it's the associative property mm-hmm. or the commutative property. And you don't need order of operations right. because all the operations are the same. And so we're really having to look at what is it that mm-hmm. they're asking us mm-hmm. and does the order matter? Yeah. Um, I've run into that exact same thing. Yeah. And so really defining it. And we know that when you don't give them the word and the definition, they need it. Mm-hmm. It becomes something that they take ownership of. Yeah. I'm going to keep that in mind. <laughs> are are you seeing any mistakes that are lingering in your kids when they're doing it? I think that they struggle with just with moving left to right, even when things are laid out after they've yeah. taken groups and then they want to do different orders. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. just go left to right. Mm-hmm. So try to remember that. Yeah. I would say that still me lingers. Too. Yeah, me too. A bunch of kids still miss that. Or they'll do like, they'll get the first one right. You know, they'll know to start with multiplication or or right. division, and then they are like, forget that. And they just work. They then they just work across. <laughs> you know, I had the other day. I gave this test, and it had it was sort of a <clears throat> formative summative kind of thing. You know, that's SGA thing. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions had simply five and a parentheses and a negative five within the parentheses, mm-hmm. and they're like, "What is that?" Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Really." That's so interesting. I didn't, I guess I've never diagrammed that. I've, I've used the dot. Mm-hmm. I remember going to the dot to as a multiplication thing instead of the X saying, you know, X is going to become a variable quite often. Mm-hmm. So in lieu of an X, here's a dot. But at no point had I just put a parentheses around yeah. a number and put a number next to it and said, multiply that. Yeah. So they were flummoxed by that. Yeah. Which surprised me quite a bit. I had the same thing happen this week on that test. It, and that's why I think giving these tests periodically that are, you know, you don't make all the questions is kind of a good thing because right. you realize, oh, I haven't done that well. So many of them, they had an, an equation that said 3x equals 33. And they were supposed to match the story that went with that. And I realized so many of them thought that was 3 plus x, not 3 times oh, x yeah. equals 33. Mm-hmm. And so... Just going to have to go back and make sure that I put that in there sometimes. But I thought they had that from hands-on equations because hands-on equations will list like 2x plus 3, you know. And it's really important that they understand that that's like saying 2x's. Yeah. You know, there's just these Mm -hmm. language things. Mm -hmm. It's the reason that algebra is scary because... All of a sudden, it's parentheses and multiplication. And when they're beside it, like today, I just wrote a rectangle on the board and wrote A equals BH. Like we've talked about area for so long, so I didn't write out the words. Mm-hmm. 
And in every class after second period, and I realized that they didn't know that, I had to say, can someone tell me what this means? Can someone tell me why we're saying base times height? So what, you know, does 23 mean two times three? No, if you use a letter, then Mm -hmm. it's multiplication. Mm -hmm. All right, put that in your toolbox because that's, you know. Yeah, or put parentheses around one of them, which is what Dan was saying. Like two, yeah, I followed you. Yeah. I had I, just making me think of all kinds of examples on that recent test because there was one more that I'll move on. I promise I won't keep bringing them up. But there was one more that said, find the expression that means three less than a number. Mm. Okay, okay, that's what it says. Find the expression below that means three less than a number. Well, what did they all pick? X or three is less than X. They picked the one with the greater than or less than sign in it, not... Oh x minus three yeah. and i'm like it has it didn't have an is which is such a dumb small like difference on that one <laughs> so i had to go back one more time and and talk like so what i did was say tell me what's three less than 10 what's three less than 20 what's three less than right. 15 okay what's three less than x uh, i don't know what x is well look at what you did to all these other numbers to figure out what yeah. three less of than them was and then they're like oh subtract three i got it but had to, we had to walk through that, you know. We had a, an integer question just like that that said that on on two on the first day of summer on 2002 it was 90 degrees. The year previous it was eight degrees less. What would be the right answer? Mm-hmm. And that whole setup just really messed with a whole lot of people yeah. to think about previous year and eight degrees less. They all wanted to say plus eight instead huh. of minus eight. I don't know. The integer thing is not. I did something wrong because it's not working. As well, well you know, some people as, got it. But. That's just. Didn't he answer the summer of two thousand one? The question yeah. was, what would be the cr- right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that context didn't even apply to them. They were just like, it's plus eight. Yeah. Whatever. It's plus eight. Like, no, it was the previous year. It was eight degrees cooler. What would be the right answer? Yeah. So. What were you going to say, Ruth? Something about integers. So. The whole like integers, but also just transfer translating verbal expressions. I tutor a lot of algebra students in my room after school. And it's almost like that's something in algebra that's taught in isolation. Hmm. Like this is the chapter in the book where there's a lot of words and we have to read the words and turn them into problems (laughs) instead of. Hmm. I mean, I even think like as an algebra teacher, there's merit in reading the problem to the student or having the pro- the student read the problem to you instead of saying three parentheses two plus three. Let's read it algebraically. Let's say three times the sum of two plus three and have them use that vocabulary. And I feel like that's something that they don't use and so then they don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm only saying that because I tutor algebra students and it's... I mean, even today in review, I said, write for more than the absolute value of negative six. And it was like, what does four more mean? Yeah. Like, you never ask us this. You only ask us absolute value. Like, okay, but if you just think about it, you know, it's not, I'm not stressing you out. Yeah. I'm just inserting these trans these expressions because i know they're coming so they they need experience hearing it Mm -hmm. you know to to be brave enough to make some guesses 
And then you make me think, how can I put some of that into when I'm just teaching or recording what a kid is saying? I was thinking the same thing. I don't even know what I don't know yet about what's... I've got to really dig in to see what's coming. I would say just think about it every time you use the word instead of saying parentheses. So three times the sum of two plus three. That's what this is. Mm -hmm. That's a good piece of advice. So now you're telling them that you're multiplying each time the number is there beside the parentheses. All right. So we talked about what you've learned better right, from teaching. Mm -hmm. And so where are we going? So think about your horizon and maybe your goal for the new year because it's right before Christmas break. Is there something that's coming that maybe you want to learn better before it gets here? Is there something that you, I don't know, want to try in your classroom? I'm looking forward to the geometry thing. Because remember the whole geotrig thing? I'm really looking forward to that. (laughs) But that's a little bit down the road. Um, I think it's the variable expressions and the X plus, all that Mm -hmm. sort of pre-algebraic kind of things I haven't taught yet. And I'm a little behind. I need to have already been there. So my goal over the break is to sort of try to wrap my mind around that and see... This is the problem I ran into when I first started teaching. It's easy for me, but that didn't make it easy for them. And yeah. so it's sort of like, well, it's just X plus three equals, you know, 10. So clearly X is seven. Mm-hmm. And they're like uh, head spinning and yeah. steam. So <laughs> figuring out how to make that accessible to them is really where my head's at. Yeah. I went and bought that. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with it, Nimble with Numbers. Have you seen that book? Mm-mm. It's something I had in Fairfax. And it's got all sorts of little different um, half sheet things that are practice stuff. It's a little bit review part, but it's got some challenge games and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I'll share it with you. It's cool. it's five, six. So okay. I think you'll benefit from it, yeah. too. But I, for my part, I really need to be better organized. I'm, I'm still I feel like I'm still. Because it's new to me, if, if I was a year into it, it would be much better off. And I'm, you've had a lot of I'm first year experience going through things, and I don't know. So, do you I, feel like hands-on equations? Will you use that? If I knew it better, I probably would. But that's my, pro- you know, that's the other thing. I don't know mountain math. I don't know hands-on equation yeah. real well. So, so I would for <laughs> sure recommend hands-on equations and, and I could help you get started easily. So maybe, I mean, we might have people that don't know what that is, so we should talk about yeah. it. So, um, it's this system that helps kids solve one-step equations. Um, sometimes two and three-step equations, yeah. the further you get, but yeah. it's created by Henry Borenson. Right. And it's manipulative based and you get a mat on the table that is just a piece of paper that has a picture of a scale and you have pawns, little plastic like markers that you just on a board game. Yeah. That represent the variables every time. Mm-hmm. And then you have cubes that represent the numbers in, in it. And it teaches them from the very beginning to like that what's on one side is equal to the other. And they're very specific rules about what you're allowed to do and not allowed to do. Like you can't ever, if you're going to take something from one side, you can't take it off of this side and then take it off of the other side. You have to t- remove it at the exact same oh, time yeah. to get okay. them in the idea that you always do the same thing to both sides of the equal sign. And it walks them through, you know, first it's guess and check. The first couple, it's right. very pres- like prescriptive. The first couple lessons are guess and check. And then, it shows them how to set up equations. That's when it, what you're learning at the beginning. And then by like lesson three or four, you learn 
the idea that you can take something away from both sides to right. make it easier to solve. Yeah, see, I've talked about that. We've even done some of that. Um, when you do to one side, you do to the other. But, you know, it's it's all like on the board. And if you're not really putting your hands on it, that's yeah. my kids that struggle would benefit a ton from a lot of just even taking cubes and just balancing things yeah. without even a scale. But yeah. just saying, all right, there's five here and there just make something balanced. If I say this or if this if this one thing is worth 10 and I put three things next to it. <clears throat> what's that going to equal? Mm -hmm. So no. my recommendation, because you're headed into Christmas, Tracy and I have created on YouTube hands-on equations, lesson oh, one, yeah. hands-on equations, lesson two. And <clears throat> for me, as a sixth grade teacher with, um, I have a true mixture of ability groups in my class because sixth grade at my school, that's the last year that your ability, your heterogeneously mixed, mm -hmm. and then some of them go to pre-algebra and some of them go to seventh grade math. So right. this particular lesson, when I teach it, everybody gets to work at their own pace. And I have some right. of those kids who just go to lesson 11 and 12. And it's completely independent because you get the iPad, you watch the as much of the three minute video as you need until you understand the next lesson. And then you go and you get it. And so I have the pages in page protectors and they use nice. expo markers oh, yeah. so everything mm -hmm. is set and ready to go and it's i mean i could do it for a week solid every day they come in and they do something and they really really like it okay um and those algebra students that i tutor i had them three years ago when they come to me i still go back and get those and they say this is the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm thinking is yeah. that like having, I did it a couple weeks ago. We finished, we did lessons one through seven on hands-on equations, which basically one through seven means all positive numbers. Isn't it lesson eight where it starts to become negative mm -hmm. numbers or integers? So I wish that I had like gone back and kind of summarized what we learned from that and tried to make some connections to some different things. Like I wish I'd talked about the distributed property. One of the lessons is on that. And I wish I'd talked about, you know, turning it into stories or whatever. Um, that's the missing piece that I should have done. Or I guess I could still do it. It's not too late. I could go back and let's, what did we learn here and how could we, what, and can, what does that relate to? They've got them in front of them. And so sometimes it says X plus two equals 2x plus 4. I mm -hmm. don't even know if that's really going to equal. <laughs> <Yeah>. But <laughs> you can then use that vocabulary and say, can someone just read this to me? Yeah. Um, how would you say this? What's another way you can say this? Two more than x is the same as. And so you're giving them that vocabulary. There's so much you can do with it. Um, I think my struggling students would benefit from that a lot, yeah. and both in class and if I do the after school thing, I think that's where mm -hmm. I'd start too. Yeah. Because they're going to need help. I, if does sixth grade, they have to solve one step, right? They one do. step equations. I would for sure make sure you go there with like with everybody, really. That's the right. only way yeah. I would, I mean, yeah, I'd I would start, start there. there and let them progress at their own pace because some of them will fly through it and you let them fly until they can't solve it in their head anymore. And you say, what did you learn in this lesson? What did you learn? Mm -hmm. I didn't. 
I just did I didn't in my watch head. The video. Okay, yeah. we'll go back and tell me what the video says. And they're yeah. really short and succinct. Yeah. Um, it's a great way to manage it. Okay, that sounds great. All right, great. we'll meet yeah. at some point in the. We'll talk. Yeah, and and play with the pawns and stuff. It's really. Well, so... I've seen my son do it. Yeah. And so I've been keenly watching him go. Well, you do this, you do that. I'm like that's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Which and... I really knew what you're talking about. Yeah, and, and when you look at like. Maybe, Just, maybe Will can teach you. I know. Right. I thought about you that. You probably could let Will teach no, I you. I think I could. Um, when you look at just how hard this equation is that they're solving, you know, like it has 10, you know, parts to it. And yeah. then they just, bing, they got the answer. And oh, combining awesome. like terms, you that's not scary anymore because the red ones match and the blue ones match. <laughs> right. And so you use that vocabulary, but they're able to see it. And then when they come to you from algebra... And say, what does this mean? Well, let's color code them. Which ones would be red? Which ones would be blue? Why do they match? It's just great to have that to go back to. It's like a solid foundation that they've built themselves on. I I think that's, I think Heidi did some of that last year. I really do. I don't know how much, but I feel like some of it. That was the fourth grade teacher that they had. And I, I couldn't determine that. Adley didn't act like she had seen it before so okay. you may you may need to investigate how much she, she did do on yeah. it i'm not or maybe she didn't do it with everybody i don't know that's worth investigating before you start gung-ho and they're yeah. all like we already did this in fourth grade you oh know? so if you've already done it in fourth then let's just keep going because we've right. got 25 lessons yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah, right. yeah. there you go that's right <laughs> um all right, did we did we ask all the questions we had prepared already? We, so uh, then then we need to ask ourselves those questions. What are your what's your goal for cuz I mean you're all, you're done in like 2 days. How many more days do you have? Right. So they have to take their exam. So my goal is that it truly reflects what they have shown themselves knowing. Yeah. It's um, a scary thing, isn't it? It is. Oof. Like today I said just think about whether the answer makes sense. Like we were multiplying. They were buying grapes for $2.30 a pound and we bought eight pounds of grapes. First of all, that's the only place that that makes sense. That's a lot of grapes. That's a lot of grapes. (laughs) For the holiday party. (laughs) But it was like, it just didn't dawn on them that, you know, their answer was completely Wrong. What? Like how wrong? Like teeny tiny. Like the or decimal huge? was in the wrong place. Yeah. Okay. So I don't even remember the real problem. But the decimal was like twenty seven dollars and forty five cents. And okay. I'm like, does two seventy four make any sense? Oh, okay. Well, you yeah. know, like does two hundred and seventy four make any sense? That's oh. a lot of grapes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so those are the kind of things that you. I don't know. You teach all year to develop their number sense and then they get to a test and it like goes away. Well, Mrs. E, I don't remember. I don't remember how to divide decimals. Okay. But do you remember what division means? Mm -hmm. Like the question says, how many groups of 19 cents are in $57? And I've taught you how to solve that, move the decimal, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But can you look at your answer choices? Like, even if you can just say a lot. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Even if that's all you have. But I think sometimes when they're taking the test and they're looking at it, that kind of risk mm-hmm. that they take in the classroom. Yeah. So. It doesn't match, though. Like, how we teach doesn't match this standardized test you're you end right up putting that. in front of them, you know? And so you you have to constantly think, do I... 
how much t- effort do I put into making sure they can answer these questions in this arbitrary format that's happening? You know? I had a student today who needed to divide 16 by 55, maybe, mm-hmm. to get to 1,000. It's like it was going to be, you know, 0.1417, whatever yeah. it was. And she wrote it backwards, so her answer was 1.7, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I said, well, when you look at... 16 divided by 55 that is less than one it's very much less than one but your answer is one point something mm-hmm. is there something wrong with this i don't i don't know mm-hmm. i'm like but your fraction is less than one and your division is one point something it's it's bigger than one mm-hmm. and uh, she just could not see that so, yeah. well you flip-flop those two numbers your divisor and dividend are yeah. opposite oh yeah well i don't know how to solve that i so of course you do your process is right there everything mm-hmm. you did there is right except you just got your numbers backwards yeah though so it's really interesting though that same kind of those like well whole, that makes those no misconceptions sense. Yeah. yeah like when we were dividing decimals i was just so perplexed that we spent all this time talking about creating equivalent division problems so that whole 57 divided by 19 hundredths. Well, we're going to make that 5,700 divided by right. 19. These problems are equal. Why are they equal? Because of the identity property. Yeah. Okay, so if the problems are equal and this equals 300, what's the answer to this one? 3.00.3? Like the fact that the problems are equal, it didn't make sense to them that yeah. the... Yeah. And then we did it again when we got to fractions and percents so yeah, that we talked about that last week decimal poster that i gave them that you had this great yeah. idea top achieving student it was a snow day i gave them a decimal they were supposed to go home and write an equivalent percent an equivalent fraction in simplest form and addition problem and subtraction problem and she brought her poster in and she had oh am i gonna get this right oh she had 435 thousandths So that was her fraction. That was her decimal. She simplified her fraction and got whatever that is, over 200. She divided them both by five. I Mm -hmm. wanna say like 84 over 200. So for her percentage, she wrote Mm 43.5% equals 84%. (laughs) <laughs> and I said, help me understand why you wrote both of these as equal percents. And she said, well, your rubric said equivalent percent. <laughs> it's like, do you understand that I was asking for the percent equivalent to the decimal that you oh. got? <laughs> and she's like, well, I did write that. I wrote 43.5%. I'm like, I know, but then you wrote equals 84%. <laughs> Which is much bigger. Yeah, It was just kind of like... Well, I didn't do a good job of explaining that if the fraction has an equivalent decimal, then that's the equivalent percent and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's not other random ones out of nowhere. There's other fractions. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, things that you don't know that they're going right. to misunderstand I, I know because I you don't write it in your that. lesson plan to teach it. Mm-hmm. Right. I know that's my new year coming up. 
There's all the things I don't know they don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just going to hit me over and over and over again. Yeah. It's just <laughs> so. about recording those things and then remembering them for next year. That's, you know? that's good advice there. Um, I, w- I can't remember if I've told this story. Yeah, I think I did. About how um, the second grade team that I work with, they told the brand new second grade. These these It's three teachers and two of them are um, one year experience and one of them is brand new. And they mentioned to her something that they were like, this was this part was really hard of it last hard last year. And I'm like, that's so good yeah. that they gave her something ahead of time to watch out for, you know? And then, so we tackled that. We tackled it in our mentoring meeting and then we talked about it again on the podcast. Mm-hmm. It was about... Um, Number the number balance. Yeah, knowing yeah. that two plus three equals one plus four, and whether statements oh, yeah. were true or not true, and if they were, anyway, yeah. We so so that's the kind of thing that really you can own. That's called pedagogical content knowledge. Ooh, right. Well, you can only <laughs> fancy I mean, words. You, I know, <laughs> but you can't you can't just hand it to somebody. You have to walk through it and teach it. You know, before right, you're going to get it. You know, you can. You can bring up some ideas, but until you teach it and see how all those things are connected and see especially what their mistakes are going to be, you're not going to be as good of a teacher. I just, I and think a lot of times yeah. I feel like you don't know, you're not going to be as good of a teacher until you've gone ahead. Having tutored those algebra students, seeing what they struggle with, ask me if that makes me a better sixth mm-hmm. grade math teacher right. because cool. I know where, where they're going. And sometimes we get, like I taught first grade for five years and I was in my first grade bubble and when I got to fourth grade I was like (laughs) oh look at that I said that wrong and that's not always true you know sometimes we teach just some examples like the big number always goes in the house well that's a really good way for elementary students to teach division Mm -hmm. But when they get to us and 16 goes in the house right. and it's not that the poor big girl number, still doesn't like right? that. <laughs> yeah. She wants that big number in so, the house. <laughs> it just makes you a better math teacher when you know the pedagogical content for a couple levels above you. Yeah, that's true. We've all, we we often say like, we need somebody, some fantastic high school teacher to put on some kind of like, online class for elementary school teachers like remind us what it is that we have forgotten you know and specifically focus on how it connects back to elementary or middle school like i would take that in a heartbeat i would for for sure sure take (laughs) algebra or Mm -hmm. you know i don't even i don't even know what it would be to take but if i could learn it again i think i would like the whole partial product thing Mm -hmm. well that is foil and when you know I've heard that in a long time. Right? But when you understand that teaching two binomials, right? So yeah. you have 32, which is a 30 and a 2 and you do your first and your yeah. outer and your inner right. and your last. Man, if they've got partial products, when they get to that, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I love partial product. I think it really helped those kids back then get the idea that the algorithm had a purpose. Mm-hmm. Like had some kind of foundation for what it really meant instead for of sure. It's one plus, it's really a 10. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> yep. Well, this has been fun. Have we gone like way over time, JJ? No, we're good. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Well, did you have anything else? Any other questions? Anybody have any questions? Anybody have any I don't think so, thoughts? but we can do our takeaways. Our takeaway, and... yeah. So we usually end with a takeaway at the end. Um, who wants to go first? Jay, you got one today? 
we haven't heard from you much. That's right, because I haven't understood much of what you're going to say. <laughs> That's what you're supposed to put in and say, what are you talking about? <laughs> I was still thinking about trying to figure out what it was. Okay. Um, you, but the most recent thing, I don't understand partial product. And I don't know. You said it once early on. I was like, maybe I'll catch it in the context. Well, I never did. And then you compared it to foil, which, again, is a word I've heard a long time ago, but I have no idea what that means. <laughs> we don't need to explain it, but oh. some, you know, so, there are some things that I probably learned, like you said, learned 20, 25 years ago yeah. in a math class, and it's in there somewhere, but it is. I couldn't pull it out and, and make it usable. Well, I do think it's worth it to explain <clears throat> it, because what if we had a third grade teacher that was listening, and it was, you know, they hadn't gone there, right? so somebody take a stab at it. Who's going to go? Partial product? Yeah. How could you briefly explain that? Well, from a multiplication, you know how if you're taking single digit by double digit, mm -hmm. so like, say, five to, let's say 30 times five, well, that's pretty easy. In the algorithm, well, let's make it 31 times 5. In the algorithm, you'd say 5 times 1 is 5. Well, you write that out to the side that says 5 times 1 equals 5, and you would put it underneath like the regular algorithm. Then the next step is to say, well, that's 5 now times 30. It's not 5 times 3 equals 15, and you, and you write that out. It's 5 times 30 equals what? And then you write that out as 5 times 30 is 150. Is that right? Yep, <laughs> yeah, yep, thank doing you. great. So then that becomes your next line. And then, so then you have your five and your 150 and you drop that down and add them up and it's 155. So what it gotcha. does is it focuses that place value part to be accurate, not just five times three, because that's not accurate. It's really five times 30. And as you stretch that out into hundred, the hundreds place or even further, and you start breaking that out even more, that cements the concept of what it really is. For me, partial product is what adults do when you are multiplying at right. the store. If I'm going to do 429 mm -hmm. times 5, well, I would do 400 times 5 and 20 yeah. times 5 and 5 times 5 and put those together. And that's what partial products is, is really just understanding what you're doing because you don't stand in the grocery store and finger write and carry your numbers <laughs> well, up you on don't. top of it. Do oh. you? <laughs> <laughs> I pull out my phone and finger right on there to figure out what 425 times 9 is. Nice. Or but if you were going to do 42 times 5? Yeah. Did you follow that? Did yeah, yeah you, I understood. I, because like you were saying, the traditional algorithm, if you're on that same multiplication problem, problem, when you got to 30 times 5, yeah. you know, my brain just, oh, you just throw that zero in there in the bottom. And that's adding that 30 times 5 that I was never taught. Now it's 30 times 5. I was taught you put that zero there and now 3 times 5. Right. And I was, up. it never, I mean, it makes sense now listening to you guys, but I never was taught, you know, you're multiplying 30 times five and that's why that right. zero has to go in that place. And the next time down it's two zeros and the next time down it's three zeros. Mm -hmm. And if you figure a zero, you screw the whole thing up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when I first taught it, I, partial products is something that was kind of new to call it that, but I taught it multiplying the true values. Mm -hmm. Hmm. And that's, that's where I've heard Tracy talk about, you know, when you break 35 into a 30 and a 5 and you're and you're multiplying the true place values of those mm -hmm. numbers. And that makes sense. I so just you knew what it was. You just didn't know what it was called. Yeah. Cool. All right. Know. Good takeaway. Great. Now you learned something. <laughs> there we go. It was worth it. Everybody wins. Yeah. All right. Who's next? Um, 
I'm not ready. Okay. So I'm really excited to do hands-on equations <laughs> because we talked about it a little bit. I've And order of operations is coming. So for me, I have a whole lot to do because I've spent a long time. Like, I'm behind. I didn't realize how behind I was until I got the final that I gave last year and was like, oh, yeah, take that off and take that <laughs> off because I haven't taught that yet. Yeah. Um, but I feel like this group of students has a lot more number sense. And so I'm hoping they're going to be more successful and maybe I'm going to move a little faster. Maybe I'll be able to, because we've done a lot of risk taking and a lot of mm-hmm. number sense building this year that I haven't done in the past. I think my takeaway is going back to how I can represent things when when students give ideas how can I like they're offering their idea their mathematical ideas how can I represent them in a way that's going to support the kinds of notation that they see on a test Mm -hmm. you know can I put a a number and a variable right beside each other instead of putting the times in between you know to just throw that in there so that they don't freak out when they get to so that the notation is not what messes them up so that's my takeaway I would echo that too and um I, th- I think also I need to do a better job of getting their ideas, getting that feedback from them. I feel like I'm pretty one-sided and I, I need to really sort of ask for their thoughts about why is this the way it is and see what, what's going on with that. Yeah. The thing about that, though, is that it's scary because who the heck knows what they're going to say, right? <laughs> well, I've got a couple that will tell me all sorts of right answers and I might not believe them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when James told me that the equation for the wind chill was wrong, it's like James, it's on the website, but he was right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sometimes it's so hard to make sense out of what they're saying. I have one that just is so hard. He thinks backwards from everybody else. And, mm. and, <laughs> On subtraction, I was like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I think he's wrong. I think like, and finally I'm like, we're going to sit during resource and we're going to talk this out until I can understand what you're doing. And daggone, he didn't know exactly what he was doing. Mm -hmm. He just was so around the corner, (laughs) like getting there, you know, in circles. And, but until you know it upside, you know, backwards and forwards, it's really hard to make sense of what they're saying, you know? So that'll come as you teach this more. I think you're right. Yeah. I'll have more confidence. All right. Thank well, y'all. we probably won't great. see you on the run, but you definitely won't see me. On the run. <laughs> yeah. I used to swim in the mornings, but yeah. that's not conducive to this kind of yeah. process. Yeah. So that's how we usually end. So I'll see you at school, see and you. I'll see you on the run. On the run.